Hi, this is Lucy Arnaz. You're listening to TV Confidential. Let's be honest, virtually anyone could do what I do, which is to basically say three things. You did what? Come on out. We'll be right back. <laughs> you practice that and you'll be hosting your own show in no time. Oh, there is one other thing that brings success. Luck. Lots of it. And surround yourself with smart, talented people who know a heck of a lot more about television than I do. What I've learned over our quarter century of shows is that deep down, we are all alike. We all want to be happy. We cry when we're hurt. We're angry when we've been mistreated. And to be liked, accepted, and respected, not to mention loved, is the greatest gift of all. Ed Roberts yes, with a reminder that life. Patrick Duffy and you know Linda this. Pearl will join There's us at the top of the hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via phone for an impromptu edition of This Week in TV History. Tony's segment is always brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly performing live storytelling ensemble, storysalon.com, facebook.com. You can hear Tony's standalone podcast this week in TV history, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you hear audio. As we record this conversation, Jerry Springer passed away Thursday the 27th, I think, I think is when the announcement came out. And uh, we have talked about uh, Jerry Springer once or twice before on our program. I forgot... Well, I knew I knew that you both have roots in Ohio, uh, Tony and Donna. Yeah. I forgot that Jerry Springer spoke at your high school, Donna. Yeah, uh, for me, Jerry. I mean, I first became aware of him when I first became politically aware. He was this young, good-looking guy whose ideas I understood, and I watched his career. And when I was a junior or senior in high school. He, along with a Republican candidate for city council uh, in Cincinnati at the time, whichever council member uh, of the nine got the most votes, became mayor. Uh, Guy Guggenberger was also a very nice younger man, but he had nothing on Jerry and my school, which I think most of the parents were Republican-leaning. I would say 90% of the student body that day in the mock election we did voted for Jerry. He was just, he spoke our language. He was charismatic. He was, he was somebody who I wanted to vote for when I grew up. And that's kind of pressure given that when he went national, his show was very popular amongst millennials, young people. I mean, he, he never quite lost the ability to connect with young people. I agree with you, but you know, I think coming from Cincinnati, I know a Jerry Springer that a lot of people do not know. I mean, he did eventually become mayor of Cincinnati. He did run for governor. Uh, he did not win. He became an anchor at the NBC affiliate. And even after he was no longer anchor, he did do a commentary every night, which people tuned in for. You might not watch the NBC affiliate for your news, but you'd be there at the end before Johnny Carson to listen to his commentary something that was very similar to what he would do at the end of his, I'm going to call it his second show. <laughs> many, of us, many of us, not too many of us remember the original Jerry Springer show, which remember when uh, he came, started doing his talk show, he was being groomed to become the next Phil Donahue. Mm -hmm. 
Phil Donahue's show, remember, before it went, moved to Chicago and eventually New York, started in Dayton, Ohio. Jerry Springer did his show from Cincinnati, Ohio. And it was very much like Phil Donahue. It was intelligent and smart. I remember watching it out here in Los Angeles. Tony, and oh my God, I know, this is yeah. Jerry Springer. Introduced Tony to him. Yeah, because his, his, the first incarnation of the Jerry Springer show, that was September of 91. And I really liked it. And this was at a time, I mean, Phil Donahue was kind of wrapping things up. Oprah was very well established. We had Sally Jesse Raphael. We had Montel Williams. I think Jenny Jones would be on the horizon. And Geraldo was the only one who was really shocking um, because they had the chair, the chair throwing into it. I enjoyed his talk show, and he covered a lot of stuff, and I thought he was going to just be able to do things that even Phil Donahue couldn't get away with, which was saying a lot. But the original show didn't last. It wasn't getting the ratings. And he had he uh, he interviewed people with drug problems. He interviewed uh, a homeless family living in a station wagon and really humanizing the drug addict who was talking about, you know, just having these type of shows. He did have the Klansman show. But, but it was a very different show. It's a very different show. They were in suit and ties. They were not in, and it was a conversation. There was no bodyguard. There was no brick wall in the background. And it was a really good show. And he ended with the final thought, thought which I always thought was brilliant because he basically summarized everything that we had been talking about the hour before and distilled it and actually had a point to it. And I, I think that's a very special skill. I know people who can do that, and it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but to come up with something like that at the end of each show I thought was brilliant. And when we got married, it was still the old Jerry Springer show. But he was looking at cancellation. He was looking at cancellation. And I no, but the point I want to say is when I went to Cincinnati for the first time and I would talk to Donna's parents, they spoke of him so reverently, you know, and because you would, we would check out the local news and the local, you know, and they said, oh, yeah, Jerry Springer was the best. We loved him. That was, you know, it was great. So it was like 1994 when that shift happened because he started following the pattern set by um, Ricky Lake. Because Ricky Lake was getting a little outrageous, and he noticed Ricky Lake was getting the ratings. So he had a new producer, and that's when... They twist the envelope? They, yeah, but he <laughs> exploded. He exploded. He had that new show. He had the bodyguard, Steve. He had the brick wall behind him. Uh, you had all of that. And that's when people really discovered him. Yeah, and Jerry was always... In that show, he was always what, what, referred to him as the ringmaster. He never went there. He let his people do what they were going to do. And then some things up at the end with, again, that uh, the final, final thought, thought, which uh, I was hearing people then criticize it. How can you have this outrageous show where people are beating each other up and, and uh, you know, the Nazi beating up the Klansmen or whatever? And then he has this final thought. They thought it was so disingenuous. And I said, well, the original show, and they didn't know what I was talking about. They only knew Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. In fact, when I have talked about it, I think, Ed, you were surprised when I said that 
There were two speakers in high school that I remember. One was Marge Scott, <laughs> and the that. other was Jerry Springer. Tony and Don are with us. Uh, we're spending a few minutes talking about uh, talk show host Jerry Springer. Uh, Jer- Jerry Springer, uh, most of us think of him as the father of the tabloid TV uh, era of daytime talk show. But as Tony Donna just pointed out, uh, he wasn't always that way. When he started his career in television, he was a very respected, uh, award-winning, won many local Emmys as a broadcaster in Cincinnati. Jerry Springer passed away this past Thursday, April 27th. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You mentioned, Donna, you mentioned that your mom and dad held uh, Springer in high esteem. Remember his roots in local Cincinnati television. I understand you were on the phone with your mom at the time you heard the news that Jerry Springer had died. Yeah, Thursday morning I'm talking to my mom in Cincinnati, and Tony came into the room and showed me a headline on his phone. And I said, Mom, I've got some bad news. Jerry Springer died. He was only 79, which, I mean, today is still fairly, I mean, come on, there are people still going well beyond 79. Mm -hmm. And she told me a story I'd never heard before. Uh, She was going to pick my sister and I up from school. I'm guessing I was in high school. She was near the school, and she saw, she was stopped at a stoplight, and Jerry was walking across the street. And he looked at the car, and he said, hello, Mrs. Allen. Oh, and wow. my mom was kind of shocked. She nodded and said, hello. And he said, you didn't think I knew you? And she said, honestly, no, I did not. He said, well, I know your husband. I know your husband quite well. And he laughed and said, watch it. I know everybody. <laughs> but I think, I think that was just... Uh, I think that's a trait needed to become a successful politician. Yeah, absolutely. What do they say about politics? That it's show business for ugly people? Jerry was not ugly. He was not ugly. <laughs> well, he, but, you know, to touch on something we had said earlier, he had many skills. I mean, there are a lot, okay, there, there are a lot of parallels between broadcasting and politics and uh, he was able to blend a lot of those and he was able to connect with young people and the fact that he remembered names and faces and he re- he remembered your mom and remembered your dad that's a gift and that that's just one example of why he had such broad appeal exactly and i think the sad thing is later on when he wanted to run for senate in ohio uh, my in-laws they were happy with the idea of Jerry Springer coming back to Ohio politics. And I think that generation was really thrilled. But when he was on the street, everything was Jerry, Jerry. And that pretty much hurt because you had a whole generation who did not know of the local Cincinnati, uh, you know, mayor and his, his history of politics or his history as a, as a news anchor, because the next generation only knew the ringmaster. And it really is a shame because he probably could have done some good. Yeah. I guess you can say in that respect, later in his career, he was a victim of his prior success. He, he, I, think, I think a couple of times that happened. And we'll pick up that thread when we continue our remembrance of Jerry Springer at the end of our second hour. In the meantime, we'll take a quick timeout. Then Patrick Duffy and Linda Pearl will join us. We come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us.
be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.